Welcome everybody, welcome everybody to Neurological Deep Dive. I'm your host, Fred Fonz, and we're about to have the Gospel Hour with Dawn. No other than Dawn. Dawn, take it away, buddy. Please take it away. Hey, thank you for that introduction. Welcome to the Gospel Hour with Dawn. Today's topic is Sinners Are Morally Insane. I'm going to start with a few verses from the Bible. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 3. And it says this. This is just part of the verse. It says, The heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. Another verse is in Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 7. And it says, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the nations drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And the word nations here means the people of the nations. And here's another verse. It's in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. And it says, quote, And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And this was what the prodigal son said. But it says, he came to himself. Now, I want to make this very clear, and this is what this is all about. Sinners are morally insane. In other words, no person is morally sane and morally rational while he commits an evil act because the text said in Ecclesiastes it says the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live so let's define the word sinner a sinner according to scripture is one who voluntarily transgresses the moral law and is not born of God that's a sinner a sinner is one who chooses to err from the truth and is not forgiven of past sins. And you can learn about that in James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. A sinner is one who habitually sins or persists in a specific sin. He is either not a saint or he's one who's fallen from sainthood. That's a sinner. Now, let's talk about a saint. A saint is a holy person, or he's one who is free from sin. A saint is a sanctified person. Now, what does that mean? That simply means one who's devoted to God, he's consecrated to God, or he's set apart unto God. That's a saint. He's sanctified. That means he's set apart unto God. He's given his life to God. No one can be a saint and a sinner at the same time. And 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 18 makes this pretty clear. Verse 18 says, quote, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So you see that the righteous is the opposite of a sinner or the opposite of an ungodly person. So it says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, the word scarcely means hardly or with difficulty. 
if he be saved with difficulty, where shall the sinner appear? So the righteous is used in contradistinction to the word sinner. So you can't be righteous as a person and yet a sinner as a person at the same time or simultaneously. No person can be a follower of Christ, that is, a Christian, and an opposer of Christ, a non-Christian, at the same time. Now, you might be following Christ today or for a few hours and then, then do something that's contrary to Christ the next minute. Yeah, that can happen. But at the same time, you cannot be both. Uh, Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. You may be with him throughout the week, but on, a, on the next week, you may not be with him. So that's a definition of the word sinner. It's one who voluntarily or habitually transgresses God's law. Now, let's look at the word insane. Remember, the topic is sinners are morally insane. Well, what is insanity? Insanity, as used in this article, or in this topic, in this talk here, in this deep dive, uh, means, insanity means the state of being mad, foolish, unreasonable, unsound in mind, or deranged in intellect. It can also mean demented or somebody with dementia. It means crazy. It means senseless. That's insanity. Now, to be mad means to be beside oneself. And the prodigal son in Luke 15 that I read earlier, he was beside himself. And then it says, and he came to himself. That means he left his state of insanity. So the prodigal son was for a time beside himself, but later he came to himself. And so another uh, de definition of insanity would be to, meet, to be out of one's mind. So this topic that I'm going to talk about, I got a lot of the views from a great, great revivalist that lived in the 1800s. His name was uh, Charles G. Finney. So many of the thoughts that I'm going to uh, give to you uh, come from him. So here's a topic. There are two kinds of insanity. There's, um, or, or we could say two kinds of madness. One of the head and the other one of the heart. The one of the head is a physical, biological, and genetic condition. The other one, the one of the heart, is a moral or it's an ethical condition. Insanity of the head is an intellectual, organic, or involuntary disorder. An intellectually insane person is either one who is born without the normal capacity to understand and reason, or he's one who loses his ability to reason by some injury done to the mind or done to the brain. A brain can be either malformed at birth or it can be injured by disease, by illness, by accident, by substance abuse, or by simple natural deterioration. 
people who are old and their brain doesn't function as well. They can't remember as well. And we call it Alzheimer's or dementia. Well, this is a natural occurrence. And this is a, a brain problem. It's a physical problem. It's a, an involuntary disorder. And uh, another way in which, by the way, your mind can become uh, physically or genetically uh, impaired is when you lose sleep. If you lose sleep for a day or two or three, especially, you're going to lose uh, your capacity to think straight. So that's another cause. Uh, and all these are, you could say, they're intellectual or organic in nature. So long as a person is intellectually or mentally insane, he may not be, for the time being, a moral agent. Or, for the time being, he may not be morally accountable as a person. While the brain is organically or physically damaged, the person may not be a moral agent because he may not be capable of thinking and acting reasonably. One must first be able to know what is good or know the valuable in order to be accountable for his or her own moral actions or in order to be guilty of actual sin. And uh, this is borne out in the scriptures in James chapter 4. It says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So in order to be able to sin, you need to have the capacity to know the good or to know the valuable. Or you, you have to have the capacity, yeah, to, to know the good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Little children have no knowledge between good and evil. And that is borne out in the scriptures. And I'm reading from Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 39. It says this, Moreover, this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel before they're about to embark into the promised land. He says, Moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, meaning in the promised land, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Why, in a, uh, I think it's safe to say that the reason why the, the little ones were going to possess the promised land is because the little ones were not guilty. They had no knowledge between good and evil. And so um, if you've got no knowledge between good and evil, you can't really sin because sin is not doing the good that you know or are able to know to do. So little children, uh, their minds are not yet developed enough to discern between good and evil. They are unable to make wise moral decisions. That's why they need mom and dad to guide them and to teach them and train them to do right. The Bible in Proverbs 22 verse 15 says, quote, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. A child's foolishness is natural. It's involuntary. Now, he needs parental oversight and discipline, but this natural foolishness does not make him or her liable to future punishment. 
in hell uh, or um, in, a, in a state of hell uh, for his misdeeds. So a brain can become temporarily disordered or somewhat deranged by alcohol, by drugs, by tumors, by illness, by old age, and as I said earlier, by loss of sleep. I quote now Charles Finney. He said this, True, when a man makes himself temporarily insane, as by drunkenness, the courts are obliged to hold him responsible for his acts committed in that state. But the guilt really attaches to the voluntary act which creates the insanity. So if you voluntarily take drugs that you should not be taken, and you do something bad or strange or illegal while in that state, yeah, you're not thinking straight, but your guilt attaches to the fact that you took those drugs or you took that alcohol. What you did is you voluntarily made yourself insane by taking those drugs or by taking too many or whatever. So that's, uh, that was the definition of insanity that has to do with the head. Now, the other kind of insanity is insanity of the heart. The above text that I read says madness is in their heart. The heart here speaks of the ultimate intentions. It speaks of the will. It speaks of the voluntary powers. Heart madness is will madness, or it's moral insanity. Madness in the heart means to be evil in the heart, or evil in the intent. And by the way, every time I do not have the good of God, the glory of God, and the good of my fellow man and the good of my own self, every time I do not have that as my intention, that means my intention is evil. A lot of times people say, I didn't mean to do any harm. Well, the real question is, did you mean to do all the good you could do? And that's where the guilt lies. Uh, it's when we don't do all the good that we're able to and all the good that we know we ought to do. To fall short of that is literally being evil. It's an evil heart. A lot of people don't realize that their hearts are evil, and uh, self, myself included, sometimes I don't realize that I'm doing wrong. And that's why it's so important to really uh, check ourselves with the Bible and read the Bible, and that will help us to think straight. So the ultimate, so in heart insanity, the ultimate purposes or the intentions are wrong. They're messed up. With moral insanity, the intellectual powers are not physically impaired, but the moral choices are faulty. The mind functions properly, but the will refuses to yield to the promptings of conscience or to the promptings of his better judgment. One who knows his duty, but in practice refuses to comply with it, that's the one who's morally insane. I quote from Finney here, Charles Finney. He said, quote, He has the powers of moral agency, 
but persistently abuses them. He has a reason which affirms obligation, but he refuses obedience to its affirmations. This is moral insanity. And when I talk about morality, I'm talking about the choice to do right or the choice of right conduct. That's morality. A morally upright person is one who chooses to conduct himself in the right way. Or he chooses to conduct himself in a way that is consistent and agreeable to the law of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, how does one become morally insane? Voluntary wrong thinking and the rejection of moral truth are choices that originate in our hearts and minds. This careless thinking and hatred of moral truth are sins of the mind, which lead to many overt and open sinful and irrational behaviors. All sinful choices, whether in the mind or in the outward actions, are morally insane choices. For instance, if we think or believe we will not pay a high price for disobeying God's laws, we will tend to be morally careless in our outward actions. So we gotta guard our thinking. If we choose to deny the evidence that there is a God to whom we shall someday give an account, we will tend to make foolish and irrational moral decisions. If we don't think it is important to, dis to discover God's will in matters that concern our circumstances, then we will tend to violate God's will in many areas. If we lack supreme love and respect for God and equal love to our fellow man, then we will more easily succumb to temptations and openly do wrong. This is moral madness. This is voluntary foolishness. You see how it begins in the mind. <clears throat> um, Intentional wrong thinking is itself an inward act of sin. And this wrong thinking produces sinful and foolish actions. One must first, uh, first choose to temporarily confound values, to view moral issues out of fo focus, or to set aside his better judgment before he commits an overt act of sin. If we choose to sin in the mind and don't stop it at that level, it will lead to some external and more harmful sin. Sinful behavior always begins with bad thinking or with selfish thinking. Therefore, every violation of moral law is a foolish decision. It's a senseless decision, decision or a morally uh, insane decision. And it, stemmed, it stems from deranged thinking. 
It is primarily in the mind where the battle of life takes place. Just remember that. And that's why Satan and his minions and the people who work for him, without realizing it, of course, they are prim primarily trying to attack our minds. They're trying to use corrupt entertainment, uh, stuff on uh, the Internet that is impure, they're trying to distort our thinking. They're lying to us through major media outlets. Um, they're trying to get our minds off of reality and off of the, the problems that are in our homes and in our communities and in our nation. And the way they try to get our mind off of it is to get us distracted with sports or with other uh, even wholesome entertainment. Now, there's a place for all this, but um, whenever this... Um, interferes with our pursuit of truth and knowledge, then that's, that's a bad thing. So, we must decide to think true and right thoughts. We must discipline ourselves to think straight and reasonably. Since the most sound and rational mind in the universe is the mind of God, we must aim to base all our thinking and all our decisions on the written words of God himself. And those written words are found in the 66 books that we call the Holy Scriptures. There are two kinds of fools, natural fools and moral fools. A natural fool is a mentally retarded or a mentally handicapped person. He is one who is naturally slow of understanding or naturally destitute of reason, but it's due to either natural causes or accidental causes or through no fault of his own. Another kind of fool, as mentioned in the scripture very often, is the one who is capable of reasoning properly, but acts wickedly or acts contrary to sound reason. This is a moral fool. If you die as a natural fool, you may not go to hell. You may actually go to heaven. But if you die as a moral fool, you're dying as a sinner. And God will have to condemn him, you to, to eternal punishment in the fires of hell. And the reason why he'll have to do that is because he is just. God cannot break his law. He's made it very plain that if you, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And that word death speaks of misery. Death is not a good thing. It speaks of misery. And a dead soul is a soul that's separated from God. And if you die as a sinner you will be separated from God and separated from heaven forever and ever. And the only alternative to heaven, according to the Bible, is hell. So that's why this is very important, that we understand how do we become morally insane. It's important to know all this. In Jeremiah's time, as it was then, so it is today. The nations are mad. Look around. Americans, uh, many people, are acting like they are crazy and talking as if they're crazy. 
Uh, I quote here from Jeremiah 51 again, verse 7. It, it says, Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. As Babylon of old made the nations mad in the year 600 B.C., so is mystery Babylon the great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So are, is that entity making the general population mad today. And I, I said, I called her, and it's a quote from the Bible, it's called Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. That means she produces other unfaithful uh, people. And also called the abominations of the earth. You Are you wondering where these abominations that we're seeing on the internet and in society and the bad laws that are being made and the bad thinking, where is it coming from? Well, it's coming from, to a large degree, according to the Bible now, it's coming from Babylon the Great. Now, Babylon the Great here it has to be something more than the Babylon of the Old Testament. It's New Testament Babylon. And so who is this mystery Babylon the Great? Well, in all my studies, and I've been looking at this for over 40 years, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind it's stemming from the Roman Catholic Church or the Vatican. And they have produced many harlots, many unfaithful churches, and most Christian churches, especially the major denom denominations, even though they're not Catholic, they are infected with the virus of Babylonianism. And they, remember, the nations are becoming mad, crazy, insane. The dark and influential rulers that are promoting moral insanity are, and I'm going to name some, the Illuminati. The Jesuits, they're behind it. They hide, though. They're, they work imperceptibly and behind the scenes, but they're behind so much of the corruption that's coming in America right now. Uh, they are behind the Communist Manifesto. They definitely support it. They Okay, so the Jesuits, and they're an arm of the Vatican. The high-ranking... Freemasons. Notice I said the high ranking because the lower level Freemasons do not know what the higher level Freemasons are up to. They've been produced. The Freemasonry was basically the product of the Illuminati and the Illuminati is basically the product that came from the Jesuits. The Jesuits. Uh, Adam Weishaupt is the one who started the Illuminati or ostensibly so. And then there are so many other groups, businesses, banks behind all this movement. Remember, they own all the money. They control the money. And here's another group, the Council on Foreign Relations. They are what I would call the deep state. They are the ones that are probably, uh, they've been dubbed the, um, the ruling establishment in America. And, and because in America, probably in the world. And um, these people are, again, this was produced by the same crowd, the, uh, the international bankers 
created them. And these international bankers, they're affiliated with, with Jesuits and with the Knights of Malta, another group in the Catholic Church. The Bilderbergers, a secretive group, they meet apparently once a year and uh, with high security. And these people are behind um, the, the uh, insanity. They're pushing insanity on the populations. They control all major media, including Fox to some extent. Fox sometimes has some better people on, on their programs, but still Fox is pretty much controlled by these same people. And I'm going to say most churches are behind it too. And this is how serious uh, life has become in America. The nations are becoming mad. It's called wokeness, and it's also called, it's been called in the past, political correctness. And political correctness is nothing more than being biblically incorrect. In other words, it's, it's thinking that is opposite of the Bible. So you want to think correctly, uh, you've got to read your Bible. So political, politically correct thinking is nothing else than morally insane thinking. The concepts that marriage is to be without regard to gender roles, that the universe involved, evolved through time and chance, that moral values must change with the times, all these concepts are politically correct thinking. It's wokeness. It's coming from high places, and definitely the Vatican is one of those high places. And uh, just remember, the Vatican has a side that is open to view, and they try to teach people to be good. But the Vatican also has a ruling elite that w operates very secretly, and they're dark-minded people, and there can be no doubt about th this statement. So these concepts that marriage is without regard to gender roles and Somehow this world evolved from lower life forms to greater to higher life forms, you know, and and that uh, change that values moral values change with time. All these concepts, they're insane concepts. They're irrational. In fact, the Communist Manifesto says that they don't believe in eternal truths. Well, that's irrational. That's insane. I hear many say today that we're in a crazy and insane world. Well, is this true? Yeah, it is true. But the madness is in the hearts and in the choices, not so much in the heads, not so much in the intellects. It is voluntary or willful insanity. It's not phys physical. It's not biological. It's not intellectual insanity. Their minds are okay, but how they use them is not okay. Many who are mentally sound and able to reason properly are acting as if they're insane. But the insanity has to do with a selfish heart, with a defective will, not with a defective brain or a defective mental capacity. Some of these people are very intelligent. 
they know how to produce stuff on the internet and they've got all this high-tech stuff yeah they're very in intellectual they're very intelligent in in their specific field but they're very foolish in another area when it comes to morals when it comes to the fear of god they're very much mentally uh, not mentally but morally insane because they're going to pay a price for it someday so let me give you an instance many intellectually know that lying is wrong adultery fornication pornography gambling profanity drunkenness marital separation divorce sexual perversion drug abuse many people know that these are wrong behaviors and very destructive to themselves and to others we all know this intellectually and many people know this but they still choose to indulge in these practices despite their better judgment why the problem lies in deliberately thinking wrong which is a sin and in deliberately doing wrong which is a sin in short many today are living crazy foolish and mixed up lives because they are voluntarily succumbing to bad teachings and bad opinions they are mentally astute but also they're mentally lazy and mental laziness is more of a sin it's it's moral insanity to be mentally lazy is a sin they want to believe a lie they're they're intellectuals but they want to believe a lie because they somehow think they're going to get away with their lies well they won't many are allowing themselves to be brainwashed many are mentally asleep and refuse to seek truth and think critically their moral insanity is self-induced so here's a good verse from proverbs chapter 20 verse 17 it says bread of deceit is sweet to a man but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel you want to believe a lie yeah it might get you by for a few years or a few months but eventually you keep believing in lies it's going to catch up to you and it's going to rot your soul it's going to cause your soul to shrivel up and you're going to become dead on the inside and it's all because you have no problem being brainwashed next time you turn on the tv and you listen to the news and you know that they're not telling you the truth turn it off uh, i'm thinking especially the abc cbs nbc cnn even fox at times uh, many of these news organizations are connected with devil worshipers there's absolutely no doubt in my mind about this and they think yeah they're going to rule their world their world they want a global society they want a new world order which again is just an old world order they want to bring us back into the dark ages where they want to they want to censor uh, truth, good speech, or truthful speech, or biblical speech. They want to censor that. 
And uh, that's what they did in the Dark Ages. If you had the Bible and believed in it, you were either uh, the Bible was confiscated or they punished you and burnt you at the stake for, uh, for believing in the Bible and following Christ and exposing the corruption that was in the Roman church. And that's why America was founded to a large extent because they wanted freedom to worship God, the true God. And uh, so more and more we are being uh, brainwashed and a lot of people don't mind it because they think they're getting away with it for now well it's going to catch up to us so the problem does not lie in any intellectual deficiency or physical brain damage that's not the problem with these people and and with anybody that's in morally insane it's only their problem is a refusal to submit to sound instruction, to godly wisdom, and to biblical morality. Their problem is with God and with his rules. And because of that, they're going to do what they want to do. The problem does not lie in our God-given freedom of will, because we all have free will. We all can choose to do right or to do wrong. But guess what? We're not going to choose the consequences. The consequences will follow whether you want them to follow or not. But we do all have freedom of will. So the problem does not lie in the free will or in the fact that we have free will. The problem lies in the fact that we tend to abuse our freedom of will. So moral insanity is simply the abuse of free will. So if, if you have the ability today to do right or wrong, I want to urge you to do the right thing. And this is only part one of our little series here. I'm going to end, end at this point, but I want to leave you with this thought. The only antidote to moral insanity is moral sanity. How do you get to think morally and act morally upright? It's by reading the Bible, and it's by understanding what it is saying. Don't just read it. You've got to understand what the words in there are saying. Understand it, and then put it into practice in your life. By doing this, you will be able to combat the craziness that is everywhere around us. And by the way, I know a lot of us like to say the world is crazy, but we all need to look into the mirror. Look at yourself. Look at your thoughts. Look at your, your behaviors. Are you acting in a way that's morally responsible and morally rational? So if you want to think right and act right, you need to base your thinking on the Word of God and act in accordance to God's laws. And you know, I want to end with this verse that Jesus said, If any man thirst... Let him come unto me and drink. In other words, if anyone is empty, if anyone's got something missing in their lives, the solution is to go to the one who created you. The Lord Jesus Christ created your soul and he created you for the purpose of you having fellowship with him, of you choosing to have fellowship with him. And to choose to worship him and obey him. By doing that, you will invite 
God, you will invite Christ in your heart and you will find that that will satisfy you better than anything else in this world. Thank you for listening. God bless you.
is when I was younger, he said, son, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. He was giving me a key to mature dialogue.